Welcome to All Things Health and Abundance Podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss different health and abundance related issues and come with real tips and advice. And today we're going to talk about forest yoga as a healing modality that it stands off the mat. So what is forest yoga? And how is this type of yoga different from other types? What does a forest yoga class look like? Can one heal through forest yoga? And how does one go about achieving that? This and much more is what we'll be discussing today. Today with me is my good friend and colleague Ilyas Kuzis. Ilyas has a master in geology from the University of Oslo. He also started his PhD, but he did not complete it as he decided to change his path and immerse himself into yoga. He has a 200 hours in yoga from the Himalayan Yoga Institute in India. But what is most important is that he is a level five forest yoga guardian, which is the highest honor within the system. Hand picked by Jose Calarco and Anna Forrest, creators of the system. He is now going in depth into energy medicine, soon to be a graduate of Four Winds Society Light Body School. I am really happy to have you here with us. I've myself tried different types of yoga, including forest yoga, and I feel that forest yoga is quite different. So I'm really excited to be talking about this today with you, Elias. Wow. Thank you, Ada. It's it's a pleasure. It's uh, my first podcast as well. Oh, and, is it? Uh, Yes, and I'm looking forward to to share more about forest yoga and in fact to to kind of portray why forest yoga is not just a typical yoga style that is only constrained on the mat and how it helps people to find insights also off the mat. Mm, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking about this and that's also the reason why you are my first yoga teacher on this podcast because I really wanted to talk about forest yoga and how that promotes healing. Oh, wow. It's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elias, how did you come across forest yoga? First time I heard about forest yoga was when I was first time in Norway to do my master's degree in geology. And I was on a jogging a trip with a friend of mine at the time. And she told me about yoga because I was complaining to her that I cannot breathe and I need to yawn in order to breathe and I'm very stressed and I don't sleep well, I overthink. And she talked about forest yoga. And she said that that time we don't have forest yoga in Oslo, but for now try regular yoga and you try forest yoga when you come to Athens where I live and there I can take you to a studio. And that's basically how I got introduced to yoga generally. And I started already feeling a very good effect even from regular yoga, the vinyasa yoga and other types of yoga I did. Um, but when I first did forest yoga, after I've been hooked with vinyasa and loved it and everything, I hated forest yoga. It's like, what is that? People are doing things very differently <laughs> and it's so difficult and I sweat and there are many things I cannot do. Oh my God, <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> and... Uh... Yeah, after that, it took it took at least half a year again, where I went to New York City for uh, some business as a as a geologist. 
And there I did a yoga safari with a friend of mine. I had already done my first yoga teacher training in India for a month and everything. And I knew something was missing. I was not completely satisfied with that experience. It was just something was lacking. And out of many different styles I did in New York City and tried, forest yoga was the most captivating one. The one that I breathed in a way that I hadn't breathed before. Mm. It's like the instructor said at the time, inhale and spread your ribs outwards. And then I felt that space, that connection that I had never felt before, although I was practicing yoga for a long time. And I had good experiences, but nothing like that. That was like the deepest one. And the rest is history, basically, because I just started practicing with Anna Forrest online. She also has some online classes, but they're not free. And after that, I signed up for the training. And before the training, I remember I was very lost in my life. I was doing my PhD. I loved science. I still love geology and I love science. And I think it's one of the best things we can ever have in our lives. But the group I was working for and the circle I was kind of surrounded by there was very toxic. That group I was working for, they were interested only having publications and inflating their ego by kind of trying to lie in the papers and how they phrase things. And that for me was like a big turnoff and actually very immoral. I was drifting more and more away from that. And I was, remember I was in my room at the time, I was living in, with other people and I had my own private room in that flat. Even though I was living among people, I was feeling lonely. I was feeling disconnected. Mm -hmm. And I was almost crying in my room, being depressed. Like, what am I doing in this life? And after I took the teacher training in forest yoga with Anna and Jose, it was like, wow, wow. It changed your life. It changed my life because it showed me that I actually matter. I actually matter as a person, mm. which was the complete opposite experience I had based on those supervisors I had that they were just draining life out of me and they were treating me as trash just because they were triggered themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was so identified with that position because I go all in. If it is geology, if it is yoga, I go all in. And then I realized, oh, wow, I'm so much more than that. I have so many beautiful things to offer. And all that because of all this process we did in forest yoga. I was crazy and I basically reclaimed my life back and I, I reclaimed my voice, I reclaimed my happiness and my connectedness and I was no longer worried about what other people think and I was not worried about even dumping that path that I was investing so much towards mm -hmm. to that was poisoning me. After a year or so, I managed to be really strong and have confidence that, you know what, I'm going to just finish, end that career and I'm going to go full time into yoga. Wow. And that was the best decision I ever made in my life. And that also led me to, to be able to change country again and to finally move, move back to Norway where it felt like home and find love also. Mm. Because now I was ready. I was ready. I was ready to take a person by my side and really connect and be authentic and be willing to also open up for love and receive it, that I was worthy of love. Yeah. So I wouldn't have managed all those things in the way that I feel now, that I'm, I have no regrets hadn't been for forest yoga training wow so it's it's a mind-blowing experience it's a life transformational experience as long as you're willing to put the effort and you're willing to answer the call i could have chicken out i could have been a coward and say it's very safe with my phd salary it's very safe with being a geologist i'm gonna have a salary nine to five job and that's it i didn't know when i when i when i just quit that thing i didn't know if i would be able to earn money yeah no idea but it all worked out perfectly amazing 
Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, I don't know, I have this feeling that someone listening to this will be in a similar situation you were at the time. I believe this will be helpful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. And uh, there's so much more, but uh, we can have another discussion about <laughs> all those things. Can you explain in simple terms what forest yoga is and how it's different from other types of yoga? Forest yoga, first of all, I know that people's minds, especially if they have not seen it written, it goes to forest, like trees mm -hmm. and everything and vegetation. Yeah, that's what I thought about <laughs> in the beginning as well, before you actually explained it to me, before I got to know you and you explained that it's not vegetation. I know, but that's absolutely <laughs> normal for people to expect that. So yeah. it is spelled with two R and that is because it comes from Anna Forest. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's the name of the creator. In a way, forest yoga is an intense system that Anna has been creating since about 45 years ago. And it's mostly hatha-based. So mm. you can say that we're holding the poses for a long time, mm -hmm. for at least five breaths per pose, five long breaths, that is. And the purpose of this is to begin challenging the body while we are staying still with the mind so that emotions begin to come up and become cleansed. Mm -hmm. The other interesting aspect about forest yoga, and that's why it's very different than other styles, is that it also has lots of elements from uh, Native American culture, because Anna has a past that is strongly associated with Native Americans, indigenous people. She was even adopted and by one of the Native American medicine women, and she has also the title of uh, pipe carrier, I think. Anna has incorporated those shamanistic elements, yeah. if you like, or shamanic elements from Native American cultures and also weave them into forest yoga. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is that Anna herself has gone through many traumatic experiences in life and all the tools that she used, all the tools that she developed on, on her way to, towards healing, she has put them into forest yoga and incorporated them there. To be more precise, for example, Anna has been through sexual abuse. Wow. She's very open about that and how she coped with that. She has been through bulimia, which is an eating disorder. You eat a lot, you eat, mm -hmm. eat, eat, you're a little bit mindless and then you puke it all out. She's open about that too and has healed that completely. She has also been through alcohol addiction as well as healed her epilepsy. Wow. <laughs> so, and also at some point of her life, she fell through like the, the floor underneath the chair where she was sitting on at the restaurant or something just collapsed and she fell through that floor. Wow. And she was almost left paralyzed. <laughs> so, oh my God, she's been through a lot. And imagine that she has healed everything, all of those things, she has overcome them and all those gems of wisdom weaved into forest wow. yoga. So. This is why it's very difficult to give like one sentence definition about what forest yoga is. And this also reflects why forest yoga can be a little bit overwhelming, a little bit difficult to digest if somebody practices it for the first time. Mm. It can feel very difficult to understand because it brings up triggers, yeah. because it goes, in a, it goes in depth so that we can cleanse from the root of our issues so they're not coming back again. Just to put a little bit comparison so that people understand that, let's say that 
most of the yoga styles out there, not all of them, but many of them, at least the majority, unfortunately, they're more training orientated, like more fitness mm -hmm. orientated. So although they do give benefits, they are short lasting. That is the issue. It's like you feel good maybe for in the time of the class or shortly after, but then your issues come but back again. But why is it so? Because we don't hold the postures usually for a long time. For example, in Vinyasa, we are just flowing from one posture to the other. Is that the reason? It's not only that, because flow is not a bad thing. Flowing from pose to pose can be very good. But what it needs and what is mm -hmm. usually absent is the foundation of feeling. Okay. Like the person feeling themselves fully and being in control of every part of their body on a sufficient level so that they can move as a union, like a complete union, the body, not just body parts moving around and having no coherence whatsoever. And this is usually what is lacking in, uh, in Vinyasa because the teachers are very good at what, at what they're teaching themselves because they, it's their practice. Mm -hmm. So their foundation is taken for granted. Whereas most of the students, they don't have the same, uh, the same movement culture, the same movement background and experience as they have. And they find it very hard to keep up usually. It's not only that. It's not only the type of yoga and the style of practice. Forest yoga can also be a little bit more flowy at parts. The thing is that forest yoga also, let's say somebody takes the training, the forest yoga teacher training, the 200 hours, which is one month training. We take our students, our trainees through intense emotional and physical transformation. Mm -hmm. We work a lot with their emotions and how their traumas or their, their belief system reflects upon how they're moving their body. So we're using their movement on the mat and how they behave on the mat, if they're being kind to their body or not, mm -hmm. to figure out what are the emotional blockages that they need to work on, how to work on with their ego so that they can do whatever they do sustainably and not hurt themselves. And the trainees that manage to do that and they really put their ded dedication and motivation and courage to evolve, then they become teachers that they can actually reflect that. Wow. And to my experience, most of the yoga teacher trainings, they don't bring that arena into the play. They don't bring that emotional shamanic healing that our teachers need in order to be there authentic and not just go around and advertise their egos and using the students in order to inflate their egos. So you're not just a teacher when you're teaching forest yoga, but you're also an instructor of presence. You are that. And basically what you're doing is you have worked with your issues. And of course, it never ends. You still keep working mm -hmm. with your issues. And this is where you draw your inspiration mm -hmm. from. You're not performing. So the big difference is that you're not performing. You're not trying to be a persona, a yoga teacher that needs to know everything, that needs to be above everybody. But you're there and you're trying to share what you've learned through your own experience that is authentic, not what maybe Instagram mm -hmm. usually wants so that you become trendy or what TikTok wants so that you become trendy. Okay, so you hold space while they are healing, but at the same time, there is some kind of healing happening inside of you as well. In a way, yes, you can use that as any kind of teacher or instructor. It doesn't need to be yoga instructor. It can be anything. Mm -hmm. You can be a leader. You can be a manager in any kind of company or group. You need to really see the people you're working with or the people that are your students so that you also learn from how they are transforming. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a good mirror so that you can transform parts of yourself while doing mm -hmm. that. A very short example, for example, that I bumped into yesterday i was out for 
for a coffee in the sun, one of the last sunny days, <laughs> probably before autumn comes. And I'm this type of person that is always kind of worrying and trying to do his best to provide foundations for organizing the events and everything and be very professional and everything falls into place. And yesterday, while I was sitting there and enjoying the coffee and the sun and the stillness, I saw two old women walking with support, with the Lord, and they were going slowly, slowly, step after step. And then I'm like, Elias, you're worrying too much. Mm. See here, the, the stillness, the silence, and that, wow, that, that person, although has some difficulty to move, moves in a way of grace. It's like, it's another mm. type of grace, rather than just moving forward all the time and quickly, it's like, watch the art, the art of just being embodied and meet yourself at the level you are at. And this is another amazing thing about forest yoga that is basically that that it teaches us. Meet your students at their level. Mm -hmm. Don't go there blind yoga robot teacher, practicing from your mat and just doing your own thing. It's like watch them and be willing to change and adapt according to what mm -hmm. they need. Let, let nature unfold in front of your eyes instead of having expectations. Wow. Instead of trying to to be like, oh, today, you know what? I had an amazing practice at home. I did handstands or I did scorpion or whatever. I'm going to do that with my students and they're all going to do it. Oh my God, no. when you say that, at least five examples <laughs> of yoga teacher came, came to my mind immediately. Yeah, it's like give your students the freedom to be who they are and provide them with a safe arena where they can play with versions of the pose that they are helping them to build towards the mm -hmm. pose in case they cannot achieve it. It's like, see people for who they are. See the tree, that it's mm -hmm. a tree, and see the fish, that is a fish, and they have different functions. So forest yoga is amazing in that. And that is an amazing skill that you don't only need for yoga teaching, but for whatever teacher or yeah, mentor you are. Let's say you are, you are a parent. If you're a parent, you have even greater responsibility than a yoga teacher, yeah. you know? You're responsible for these young lives that they are being shaped and molded and you need to be your outmost authentic self, mm -hmm. not somebody that gets triggered all the time and puts the triggers on the, on the baby. And it's like, yeah, yeah stay. stay connected. So forest yoga in a way teaches connection, teaches connection so that you can be vulnerable. You can be who you are and you don't need to inflate your ego. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know what came to mind? I was in one of your classes and as always, like usually at least in yoga, we start with the right side of the body. So in your class, you said, and now the left foot ahead. And I remember it so well that I put my right foot ahead because I was on autopilot. Like, I remember you telling me, like, even you are not here in this moment. I remember that so well. <laughs> And yeah, I understand what you mean, that it's all about being there. Yeah, that is very well said. Is it a flow, strength, flexibility? What What is it focused on? That is another very good question. Uh, it has pretty much everything. So if you would say between flow, strength and flexibility, I would say flow is the last part of it. It's like the less dominant. Um, it's mostly strength and flexibility, physical, emotional, and, and spiritual. You can use it the way you want it. 
And that's also why I love it. So you can use it as your main fitness routine. If you just want to have fitness, you can still use it for fitness because we do handstands, we do forearm balances, we do all the good stuff that you need to strengthen your arms. We do lots of abdominal work, abdominal exercises to strengthen your core and stabilize it in a good, healthy way. We also do lots of leg work because we're holding the poses for a long time and we do some very challenging lunges and warriors and all those Mm -hmm. beautiful poses so we you can use it as your main fitness element but you can also use it as something that helps you maintain your most predominant activity Mm -hmm. regardless if you are football soccer player if you're a dancer it can help you to hone your asymmetries so if you have a mild scoliosis or unevenness Mm -hmm. in the pelvis or unevenness in the shoulders it helps you hone those and make them milder so you can keep doing what you're doing, dancing or playing sports or being even competitive in a professional level in a way that you will always be doing that without injuries, in a way that you will always be evolving without having those abrupt fluctuations that most people usually get in sports. Mm-hmm. It's like having some really good years and then disappearing completely because you have just fucked up your body. Mm-hmm. So it will give you endurance. Forest yoga, I like making this this comparison of being an endurance sport (laughs) it's like iron man you know you keep going you keep going and you keep listening to the body all the way it's an unbroken span of attention where you're constantly present and it teaches you how to respect your boundaries and tease them and stretch them in a way that they can take it it's like when you have a rubber band and you pull it you pull it you pull it but you don't pull it up to the point where it breaks. Mm-hmm. You always go and you are on the highest and uh, like most uh, intense point and most exciting point of growth, but you don't break mm. yourself. This is what forest yoga teaches. So this is why it's great also as a part-time occupation, which will help you to be sustainable in whatever else you do yeah, with your body. makes sense. So does this mean that you don't assist physically the students into getting into a posture that their body is not ready for? Like there are some yoga styles that do that a lot that the student is pushed into a posture in order for the body to learn that posture with force and i mean it works but does this mean that you don't do this no we we don't do that in forest yoga we we love touching our students all the time but touching them with the purpose of love and support and holding space Mm. for them here's what i mean yeah for example I've seen some classes that the student is in a forward bend, like sitting on their butt, legs straight forward, and then they have to bend mm-hmm. their chest over the, the legs. And I have seen instructors going above them and push them even lower. Oh, I know what lower. you're talking about. I've, I've been in those classes for many years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This, this, this is a common adjustment in, in some of the most popular yeah. yoga styles mm-hmm. right now. And that has a result sometimes for some people that it will just rapture their hamstring. You just hear a click. That can actually happen. And then, yeah, that that has happened. I've got many, many students that they have come to me with those injuries. And they told me, oh, I practiced this class and then my hamstring snapped. Wow. This is, yeah, really fucked up thing. So in forest yoga, instead of pushing the person to go deeper so that, I don't know, they look cooler for a photo Mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't know what they're thinking. (laughs) That's not what we do. We go, for example, and we grab from their softly from their side ribs mm-hmm. and we, we coach them to breathe while we move them. We don't just go there disregarding in what part of the process they are and just pulling them in towards weird directions while, without expecting them. 
we work with the students so they don't also need us until the rest of their lives mm -hmm. so they can get something from us learn and then they can do it on their own so what we do let's say in the example of the four band is we go we grab the side ribs softly and then we tune our breath with the student's breath mm -hmm. if we are not sure how the breath looks like because maybe it's a little bit shallow then what we tell them is you know ada exhale everything out we you exhale with them. them and then we yeah and then we inhale with them and we tell them now Ada, inhale, lift your ribs up. And while Ada does that, well, like you, while you do this, we pull you up while inhaling. Mm. And then you feel that beautiful new space your body is getting, the length, with fresh oxygen and fresh neurological connections from the brain. Mm -hmm. So we give you space instead of push you in a shape that we think you should go. It's not about what we think as instructors, it's about what you need. So that's Oh my the God, difference. the ego again, huh? Yeah, so we work a lot with hands-on assists, but in the way of massaging yeah. neck, because usually our people's necks are fucked up, especially mm -hmm. when they do specific poses in yoga. It's like they hold the entire body with their neck. This is anatomically wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we massage the neck. We sometimes do some body work in the shoulders, pulling shoulders a little bit down so that they can release the tension. We work in a, in a deeper way. So it's it's a combination of bringing body work in a yoga class mm. and kind of physiotherapy in a yoga class. I understand. Many people come to me and they're like, oh, this is what my physiotherapist told me to do. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thanks for acknowledging that. Amazing. Yeah, I remember when you mentioned that, I remember you telling me once, don't look up at your hand when you're doing, for example, the Trifanasana, the triangle pose, because it's mm. bad for your neck. And actually, it makes sense. But in no other style I've been studying, I've actually heard that. Not even in Hatha. That's true. And I think, now this is just my personal opinion, I think that most of the yoga styles, what has happened is that they have been successful when they, they got created. Mm -hmm. And that may have been sometimes hundreds of years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> and just because they were successful, it's like, okay, this recipe works. It's from the from the grand-grand-grand-grandmother yeah. of mine, right? And then they keep using it. But our lifestyle, the way we live, has changed, has mm. shifted completely. We no longer live in society where we hang from the trees whenever we want, we gaze at the sky, we reach for the apple from the tree, we do work in the fields all yeah. the time, we go to toilet well, in yeah. position. <laughs> We're not there anymore. So what I love about Force Yoga is that it's, it says we are changing. Mm. I'm working with Anna Forrest actually all the time. I'm a content manager at Moshi Knows, which is the company Force okay. Yoga. And me and Anna, we're working on new poses. We're working on new sequences based on what we see each year from people, from our events. Mm. So we are updating it all the time. We're just not just getting stuck. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm Anna Forrest. I'm superstar. <laughs> now it's time to retire. Yeah. You know, I'm just going around and then... Uh, pose around for people that's not what she yeah. does still works intensely i get that so that being said what kind of people is usually attracted to your classes what's your crowd yes i have a diverse crowd but at the same time very unique crowd let me clarify what i mean usually people that are attracted to forest yoga are the people that they acknowledge that they somehow are operating either on autopilot or are operating based on trauma and fear in their lives. Mm. It's the people that they have the courage to acknowledge that and do something about it. 
So typically it is people that they are experienced in yoga. They have practiced yoga for a long time and they have reached the plateau usually. Mm -hmm. And they come with injuries or they come with boredom and being fed up with yoga because it's just the same and boring for them. And they find uh, they get reborn there because their passion for yoga gets ignited again and they move their bodies in different ways. Amazing. Then I also have many people that they just suffer from injuries generally mm. because from sedentary lifestyle or because of sports or anything. And they find great relief in forest yoga. And I've been blessed and at the same time surprised to hear from many of them that forest yoga is the only actually thing that has worked for them, even if they have been to chiropractors, to physiotherapists, to doctors. So that touches me deeply when I hear wow. that. And I see that what we do works as forest yoga instructors. That's beautiful. I also get people that and they can go deeper than their physical injury and understand that the physical injury is always, always connected to something emotional or spiritual. I get people that they get panic attacks. They suffer from all those emotional traumas and maybe PTSD trauma disorder, They're those post-traumatic reactions that just happen after a, a very bad experience has happened to them. And they begin to improve their mental and emotional health very quickly through forest yoga. And they begin to change the way they're making decisions. And thus the outcome that those bring in their life, their life just gets brighter, mm. gets more hopeful. I've heard people that they have come to my retreat, for example, and they've told me, you know, Elias, I had no reason to live. I was contemplating thoughts about not wanting to live anymore, not having really a reason to live. To. And through the work we did with forest yoga tools and some other tools I give them as well, they have wow, they have reignited their passion for life and for seeing their own gifts that are always there and they couldn't really recognize wow, them. Wow, that's amazing. I get chills so, in my body hearing this. That's amazing. Yeah, so in that sense, I got some specific categories of people coming up. But if you think about it, it's people from all ages, mm -hmm. all types of professions. It's just this kind of people that they're warriors. They're really, you know what? There's something there for me to evolve. Mm -hmm. These are the people that are typically hooked up with forest yoga. Those that they have difficult time with forest yoga are the ones that they think they're perfect. Everything is going fine and they are numbing themselves by, I don't know, <laughs> by just lying to yeah, themselves. Yeah, I understand. There are many of those too, that they get shocked the first time they do forest yoga because they begin to see sides of themselves that they've been pushing under the mm -hmm. carpet. And these are the people that typically need up to six months or one year to really come back to forest yoga and understand what they had been through yeah, in that first forest yoga class <laughs> so actually the healing happens on all levels it happens on low levels and the healing is always stemming from the spiritual aspect of who we are i like using the metaphor of the iceberg when we talk about injuries or physical issues i like talking about the iceberg metaphor and for me that is what you see above the sea level in the iceberg is only 10%. Mm. And the rest of the 90% is what's below the sea surface. And basically, this is what everybody needs to understand from corporations to professional sports people, that when people get injured, when people have pains and physical blockages, or even autoimmune diseases, mm -hmm. it's very often because of something spiritual that is off with them. 
there's something off there. So regardless how much people can perceive that or identify this or track this, it's always like that. It's just that most of us, we don't manage to work with that and really discern what is the spiritual lesson behind our injuries. We're not taught like this. Mm. We are taught like, you know, wait, your ankle hurts, wait a little bit, it's going to go over and then go back to business as usual. Whereas every second of your life is new business, is seeing world with new eyes and fresh perspectives and evolving. So if we use the injuries and the pains we get and the setbacks we get, whatever setbacks they are, to understand that we're not in right relationship with spirit or with the sacred or whatever people believe in, it's not about the wording, then we learn. We learn what we need to learn out of this. And it's not always the Western mentality of always growing in a capitalistic sense, always getting more money, always getting more fame or always going for the next bigger team if you're a player or whatever. It has deeper sense and we need to go on hunt for that. Mm -hmm. So this is why the healing happens from the spiritual root to the emotional, to the physical. And then the body gets informed very nicely and very quickly when our mentality changes. Mm -hmm. Even doctors now begin to finally accept and even document in scientific papers that stress is a major player in, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and all those things. And sometimes autoimmune diseases. We begin to say that, even the doctors. We just cannot quantify. That's the problem. So people trying to only get hooked up with science and only believe science as a religion, they need to understand that they're religious. Mm -hmm. Science is not there to be religion. It's there to just show you a few things. And sometimes you need to step over that. You don't need to wait until science quantifies something to understand that you need to make changes. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) And how do you go about creating this space for healing for your students? You said breath, presence, awareness, of course, holding the postures. Is there anything else? I didn't really talk so much about how much gravity we put in deep breathing in forest Mm. yoga. But basically, that question allows me to talk about that too. Holding space for the students starts by holding space for yourself brings me back to what we talked about earlier in our discussion today about understand who you are respect your vulnerable sides and accept all sides of yours at least the ones that you have overview of the ones that you are aware of Mm -hmm. and teach and be present for your students from that place that place of having acknowledged your wounded parts your parts that they are angry and by being authentic at all then immediately you begin to feel compassion. You feel compassion for others because you know what it feels like in your own skin. And then when you begin to develop that skill of seeing others for who they are, you also begin using that for your own healing and seeing how you can hold compassion for you also. So it goes both ways. So we hold space by being raw, authentic, and open, open to see people for who they are. Amazing. Wow, I love that. I really love that because guilty as charged, I've also been in the place of teaching from I need to show, from my ego. And I see that in most teachers, unfortunately, or in many, I cannot say most, maybe in many, in many teachers. So teaching, like being in contact with your wounded part while you're healing with that and teach from that part, it's amazing. I love it. Then you're authentic. That is exactly. And... uh... Many people have different ways of connecting to those parts Mm. of themselves. 
some of them is definitely self-practice. You got to have that self-practice, the physical practice where you connect and any other practice that is more spiritual, maybe your visualizations, mm-hmm. going deeper and feeling, feeling what's, what's, if there are any spiritual holes within you, what are you trying to cover? What are you trying to avoid and compensate for? with the way you're making decisions or with the way you are reacting without thinking sometimes. Yeah. Catch yourself. Amazing. Mm. Is there also forest yoga meditation? Or the whole practice is actually like meditation, but is there something specific? <laughs> that was very well said. In fact, yeah, forest yoga is like constant meditation. And how I like to explain that to people is that Meditating is not just sitting down and trying to get into nirvana from there. That's one type of meditation, which is yeah. amazing, but it's, a, it's advanced. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's advanced. And this is why even in the most ancient yoga philosophies in the texts, this comes up last as the last yeah. step. First are the poses and other practices and being a decent human being. And that's the last one, yeah. <laughs> enlightenment. Uh, so in forest yoga, the practice itself is a meditation because you constantly are called to observe, to observe and not analyze, to observe and not label. It's like, okay, I'm feeling that in the pose. And instead of trying to jump into conclusions or trying to look at your neighbor on the other mat, what they're doing and distract yourself, you're staying with that. This is, this is the foundation of meditation, yeah. of being an observer, of course, until you're able to transcend into other states of awareness. But while we're in that a little bit shallower awareness, then that's it. It's about observing. Mm. And apart from that, apart from the regular physical practice that is meditation in a way, we do have lots of visualizations where we take our students and trainees through chakra process, for example, meditation, which takes them through their chakras and how their chakras think and relate to a specific decision or issue they have in their life. Mm. So we consult the body and the energy field. We have other types of visualizations, including the wiser self, where we take our students into a vision quest to meet their wiser self in the future. We take them out of time, we step out of time, which is a beautiful shamanic way of doing things. And we also have death meditation, for example, which takes our students through a symbolical death where they begin to realize what is worth fighting Mm -hmm. for and what needs to be let go of, what needs to die. It gives them a different clarity about life, different insights, and definitely ignites their passion for life. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) We have many others too, but these are some of the ones we have. Yeah, so there is forest yoga meditation too. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's it's class also. We set an intent. Mm. Sometimes it's like to choose a specific part of the body and focus on and observing and maybe changing the way we're moving. So we create change there. So it's a meditation. Everything about forest yoga is a meditation and how you are in a meditative state when you write your emails, when you have a podcast, when you you are out for a coffee with your friends. How can you stay aware and be an observer? So it's basically a 24-7 meditation. Wow. But if someone is totally new to forest yoga, can they find something on YouTube to get started with? I understand that going to a class is the best way, especially since it's a different kind of class. But is there something on YouTube Mm -hmm. to kind of get familiar with it, to get the feeling, okay, maybe this is something I would like to try? Totally, totally. I do have five classes on YouTube that they're free, 90-minute really? classes. Nice. Mm-hmm, I do. 
And I know that other colleagues of mine, other forest yoga teachers also have free content on YouTube. So I would recommend people to just type something like forest yoga class or anything like that on YouTube. And I'm pretty sure that something will come up. Amazing. As I said, forest yoga can be pretty intense. And especially if you don't have the instructor telling you how to do things, you may get a little bit triggered and frustrated if you try it for the first time. Be patient with yourself and try it for at least nine more times. It needs time to speak to you. Mm. First time I did forest yoga, I couldn't understand it. I was judging it all the time because it's so different. And it took me at least half a year to come back to it and really understand the value. So be smarter than I was. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I loved forest yoga with you from the first time I tried it, but maybe because my training is in Hatha, so I love holding the postures. I prefer that than flow. So I actually loved the classes with you. Totally recommend it. That can be, and also can be that you were much more mature spiritually than I was when I tried forest (laughs) yoga also. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm taking that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, because you you do lots of spiritual work and you're very well developed on that sector. So for you, it's easy to kind of understand when something is good and deep quality. Okay. I'm taking that one. I'm going with that one. If someone wants to become a forest yoga instructor, how do they do that? And why mm. forest yoga instead of something else? Well, I actually encourage people to do what their soul and heart desires, mm-hmm. but from what I can speak from experience personal, what I see around in people is that the forest yoga teacher training equips you to be more ready than most of the yoga teacher trainings Mm -hmm. out there so that you can feel actually ready to teach at once. It just gives you those tools that you get that confidence that of course it's going to be scary. It's a new experience, but you have some really good base that you can feel trust about yourself and self-confidence that you can start teaching right away and of course it's a life transformational coaching program in a way at the same Mm. time and in a way it's a leadership program i must say that it's camouflaged a leadership program that's what forest yoga is because it teaches you how to use the voice in an authentic way Mm. in a way that is profound and really influences people around you so they can hear you and you're not boring Mm. so we definitely don't produce yoga robots there's no like one specific forest yoga type of instructor that you can be which is usually what i see from other kind of styles that there's only one way people are very similar when they're teaching it's like the same say they say the same things and blah 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 but in forest yoga we see for we see you for who you are and we help you develop your own unique gifts and that's what you take out into the world Mm. and how can one start this training Well, you have a few choices. Mm -hmm. Here in uh, Norway, in Oslo, where we are both based right now, we are, I'm leading the the teacher trainings here in forest yoga. Me and my colleague, Charlie, she flies in from uh, France. She makes that honor for us. And we teach that together in uh, two modules, 14 days, no, 11 and 11 days. That's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is if you are willing to travel and maybe take it in one month in a row, not in two modules, but in one, with uh, Anna Forrest herself and Jose Calarco. Uh, Anna Forrest is the creator and Jose is her husband, co-creator. Yeah. At the moment, they are co-creating Forest Yoga. And they're offering the teacher training in different places in the world. Right now, they're in Barcelona and they will be in Bali, I think, next year or something. Amazing. Okay. And where can someone practice Forest Yoga? In Oslo, at least. I... I think there are some forest yoga instructors outside of Oslo, 
but not very active, at least based on what I see. The only forest yoga I've really seen here now is in Oslo by me, mostly. And now I got some uh, graduate students that they have started taking uh, taking up cool. classes and they get um, amazing feedback already. Amazing. <laughs> so we are growing. So mostly forest yoga you'll find in uh, in Sats at the moment. You'll find it in uh, Sats Yoga Majorstuen, Akerbrigge and Karlstru. Okay. This and sometimes it's not even labeled forest yoga. So I would recommend that you contact me so I can direct you to the people that are teaching it. Because it's a new yeah. product. It's a very new product for SATS. So it's not always labeled. Sometimes it's labeled as something else. Okay. I hope it spreads more and more, to be honest. We're doing our best. It actually spreads very rapidly. If you think about that I moved to Norway like three yeah, years ago to settle down. And with Corona and everything in between, it's amazing what we have achieved That's and true. how much uh, yeah, how much healing it has brought already to in Norway. It's, it's beautiful. For those of you, of course, people that are listening to the podcast and you can't come to Oslo, Norway, I do have online classes as well. Me and, of course, many other forest yoga teachers. You can go to my website and uh, find out lots of information. Yeah, uh, that was my question. How can people get in contact with you, find you? What's the website? I recommend that they go to my website, www.eliaskousis.com, and they will find all the information there. Mm And definitely Instagram. I don't use Instagram so much for spamming people. Mm-hmm. I use it for getting my events out. So I use it basically just to inform people. Yeah. So Instagram as well. And I think they can find the link for Instagram also in the website furthest down. Mm-hmm. If they scroll down somewhere in a small icon. Okay. Do you have any last messages for people that are listening to us right now? Thank you for giving me the chance to to be open and share those words with people so that everybody understands that they are meaningful. They have reason why they're alive and they should just go about and discover the gifts and share them. There's no reason to live in fear. There is a way out, even if they haven't found it. There is a way out. Wow. Thank you for, for this last encouraging and helpful words thank you so much and thank you for being here with us thank you ada it's a pleasure now it's your turn let me know what health and abundance subjects you want me to cover in the future do that by commenting on the post on instagram if you want to book a free healing and coaching consultation with me or if you want to be a guest on my podcast, feel free to contact me. You can find my contact information on my website, adakomani.no. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to Elias for being here with us today. If you liked it, please leave a review at podchaser.com. Just search for the podcast and write a good review. If you have questions, please do let me know on Instagram. In the next episode, we'll be talking about healing with Feng Shui. And remember, you are always creating your health and abundance. What do you choose to create today?